Hello everyone, this is Fola Kumalafe and I'm continuing and actually wrapping up today on our series God is Blameless. And we've covered quite a bit of ground in our last few sessions together. But just to remind us that talking about God being blameless means that God is innocent of wrongdoing and that there are no grounds on which we can accuse God because he is above reproach. And I just want to go back to the very beginning and sort of look at the scriptures once again around that word blameless. And that word blameless obviously is an adjective. It, it, it describes a person. You know, and in this instance, we've described the person of God as being blameless. So God is blameless in the same way we say God is faithful. God is good. God is loyal. You know, God is a rewarder. All of those describe who God is. God is love. God is blameless. So when you see the word blameless, it means innocent. It means guiltless. It means beyond criticism, above suspicion, irreproachable. You can't bring anything against God. Unimpeachable. I like that. You can't impeach God, is in the clear, is not to blame, without fault, faultless, exemplary, perfect, virtuous, pure, moral, upright, impeccable, sinless, unblemished, spotless, stainless, untarnished, squeaky clean. I love that one. Those are words that describe the person that is blameless and all of this is God God is squeaky clean love it untarnished spotless unblemished impeccable unimpeachable irreproachable and above suspicion innocent guiltless above reproach this is who God is and I started this series by telling you about how I was thinking about when we get to heaven, you can't, whatever life you lived on earth, you cannot blame God. Whether you thought it was good, it was okay, whatever, God is blameless because he has given us everything according to his divine power and through his precious and great promises so we can partake in his divine nature and escape the corruption here on earth. That is in this world. And we've looked at many scriptures to affirm that. You know, when we look through the scriptures as well, we also see that word blameless. It's only four times that we see the word blameless in the New Testament. And we see the word blameless and it's, it's a Greek word that means amemptos. And it means irreproachable, blameless, faultless and unblameable. That's what it means. And we see this in four verses of scriptures that we'll look at in the New Testament. The first one is we see an example of some people that were described as being blameless. We see a prayer that Paul is praying for us that talks about being blameless. We see an encouragement for us to be like God in this way. And then we see an admonition that is given to leaders, to those in position in the body of Christ to be blameless. 
These are the four examples. These are the four instances that we see in the scripture where it's using that word blameless. So now we've talked about God being blameless. Let's now see examples because there's an encouragement for us in the word of God to live like this. To, and we can. Actually, the truth of the matter is that that is how God sees us. Because every blame, every fault, everything that was ascribed to us was put on Jesus Christ. I think that is amazing. Yes, I do wrong and I ask God to forgive me. But you know what? God had already forgiven me because Jesus had already taken that offense upon himself. But I take responsibility and I come and I say, Lord, forgive me. I'm taking responsibility. And as I said before, in taking responsibility, I am then taking action, depending obviously on him and his power in me to live that kind of life. So the first example we see is in Luke chapter 1 and verse 8. And in Luke chapter 1 and verse 8, we see a couple here that are described as being blameless. In Luke chapter 1 and verse 6, actually. And he's talking about Zacharias, you know, and his wife, Elizabeth. And in verse 6 of Luke chapter 1, it says, And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. So Zacharias and Elizabeth, who later on gave birth to John, you know, here they're being described as blameless. And he describes them as blameless because they were righteous before God. We are, the Bible says, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But it wasn't just because they were righteous. The second thing we see here is that it says they walked in all the commandments and the ordinances of God. The New Living Translation says they were careful to obey all of the Lord's commandments and regulations. And that's what we've been talking about today. That God has given us instructions in his words that he wants us to know and he wants us to obey and to do. And here we see an example here of Elizabeth and Zacharias. They were righteous. We are righteous. But we need to decide. Make that conscious decision to walk, to obey all of the commandments, the instructions that God has laid out for us in his word, his instructions in his words. So that's the first example. And I guess our challenge today is that if Elizabeth, and if Zacharias could be described in this way, and we then saw the blessing of God on their lives, in that she who was had no child before, 
Elizabeth, who had been described as being barren, they were both stricken in years, eventually came to give birth to John the Baptist, who was the forerunner for Jesus Christ our Lord. Awesome. Awesome. They were blameless before God. So that's an example we see. We see a prayer in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 3. This is a prayer that Paul made. And he says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23. He says, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray to God that your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved or be kept blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. May your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. And that is a prayer that I pray for myself and I pray for you today. As we are wrapping this series today, that your whole spirit, your whole soul, and your whole body, your soul is your mind, your emotions, your will, and this body of yours be kept blameless, preserved blameless until the coming again of our Lord Jesus Christ. And you and I have a responsibility in there and our responsibility in there is to take in the instructions of God the word of God and to follow it to renew our mind with the word of God to present our bodies like the Bible says in Romans 12 1 and 2 to present our bodies to God as a living sacrifice That this body will follow the instructions of God. My flesh, sacrificially I am declaring that it will follow God's instruction wherever it takes me. No matter how it feels. Even if it's doing it reluctantly, we are following the instructions of God. So I pray, Paul says. And I say, Amen. That our whole spirit... And soul and body be preserved blameless, kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. So we've seen an example. Now we've seen a prayer. Then we'll see an encouragement to us in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 14 to 15. And it says to do all things in our lives without grumbling and fault finding and complaining against God. This is the amplified version. Do all things. Why? Because God is blameless. Do all things without grumbling and fault finding and complaining against God and questioning and doubting among yourself. And in verse 15, it says, if you can do this, is that you may show yourselves to be blameless and God. Innocent 
and uncontaminated. You see, these are some of the words we saw early on when we were describing that word blameless. It says that you may show yourself to be blameless and guileless, innocent, uncontaminated, children of God without blemish, without the children of God that are without blemish, faultless, unrebukable in the midst of a crooked and wicked generation, spiritually perverted and perverse, among whom you are seen as bright lights, stars or beacons shining out clearly in the dark world. And all of this, all of this because you are showing yourself to be blameless, innocent, uncontaminated, children of God who are faultless and unrebukable because you do all things without grumbling and fault-finding and complaining against God. You don't question and doubt yourself, but you are following godly instruction. That is such an awesome piece of scripture. And it says when you do this, this is a rare quality in this world. It is a rare quality because suddenly you are shining like a bright light in a world that is full of crooked and perverse people. You are shining as a bright light. You stand out in this world because you have chosen to do everything before God without grumbling, fault-finding, or complaining against God, questioning and doubting. And verse 13 before 14 said, because God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. So it goes back to God working in you. It starts because God is working in you, putting in me these desires and giving me the power to do what pleases him. So I'm going to do it without complaining, without, without fault finding, without arguing with God, without questioning, without doubting. And as I do this, as I'm doing the things, the instructions of God to me, as I'm doing it, the Bible says I am showing myself to be blameless, guileless, innocent, uncontaminated, a child of God without blemish, fault, unrebukable in the midst of a crooked and wicked generation, shining as light in the dark world. And then verse 16 says, hold firmly to the word of life. Hold firmly to the word of life, the instructions of God. Don't let it go. Remember Proverbs 5, 13. Don't let it go. Then on the day of Christ's return, I will be proud. This is Paul saying, I will be proud that I did not run the race in vain and that my work was not useless. You know, it's all in here. There's the encouragement to us on how to live our lives in a way that we show ourselves blameless, guileless, innocent, uncontaminated, children of God without fault, without blemish, in a crooked word, shining as light in this dark world because God is working in us and we are following his instruction and holding firmly 
to his word. The word of life. The word of life. Holding firmly to his word till the day that Christ returns. Till the day that Christ returns. We hold firmly onto that word. Remember Proverbs 5. Sorry, Proverbs 4.13. Take fast hold of instruction. Hold firmly to it. Let her not go. Keep her, for she is your life. And finally, we see an admonition to leaders in Titus 1 and 7. And Titus chapter 1 and verse 7 says to us, it says, a bishop must be blameless. A bishop must be blameless. Some other transitions is a church leader is a manager of God's household. This is the New Living Translation. Is a manager of God's household, so he must live a blameless life. So here we see the example, we see a prayer, we see an encouragement to us and an admonition for us to live a life blameless because God is blameless. And we know that when we fall short, we run to him and he forgives us and we continue again. But we take responsibility. We do everything we know to do to follow his instructions. We take the word of God as he says that he is. We are encouraged to be blameless, admonished for it. Even Paul, when we look at Philippians chapter 3 and verse 6, although he was talking about his life before he came to Christ, when he described that life, he says, touching the righteousness which is in the law, I was blameless or I was without fault. So he's saying, when it came to the law, the righteousness that came from the law, he described himself as being blameless. So I believe that with the help of the Holy Spirit inside us today, you and I can walk like Elizabeth and Zacharias did, knowing that we are already the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We can make a choice to follow, to walk according to the commandments, the instructions of God, because we know that is where life, true life, comes from. And finally, I'm going to read 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 13. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 13. And it says, To the end, to the end that he, may establish us. It's actually another prayer. And I'm going to read it actually from verse 11. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 11. May God our Father and our Lord Jesus bring us soon to you very soon. This was Paul. And may the Lord make your love for one another and for all people grow and overflow. Just as our love for you overflows, may he, this is the Lord, as a result, make your heart strong.
strong, blameless, and holy as you stand before God our Father. When our Lord Jesus comes again with all of his holy people, in Jesus' name, amen. May the Lord make your love for one another and for all people grow and overflow, verse 12, just as our love for you overflows. May God, as a result of this love, remember one of the questions I said I ask myself, first of all, is I am, am I walking in the love of God? The second question I ask myself is, I, am I following all the instructions of God that I know today? And the third question, is the enemy blowing a strong wind against me? And in all those three instances, I put corrective actions into play according to the word of God. And here the focus is on love. The focus here is on love. Our love for one another growing and for all people growing and overflowing. And as a result of staying in love, the Bible says, may he as a result make your heart strong. I pray that God will make your heart strong. I pray that God will make your hearts blameless and God will make your hearts holy as you stand before him when our Lord Jesus comes again with all of his holy people. God is blameless and you are encouraged by God to live a blameless life before all men, knowing that he has given you everything that you need in this life. He has given you everything according to his divine power to live a godly life. Believe that. Confess it. Say, I have everything I need to live a godly life before my God. I have everything I need to be blameless before my God. I have everything I need to walk right and to follow his instructions. I have the spirit of God on the inside of me. I have the word of God implanted in my heart. I have God on my side. If God be for me, who can be against me? God has bound and spoiled the strong man because he is stronger. And because he is stronger, you are stronger. You are stronger and I take authority over every strong wind in your life. Binding it in the mighty name of Jesus. And I declare by the power and the authority of God that we will walk in love and we will walk in obedience to all of the instructions of God to us today. The Bible says that God has given us a new covenant, a better covenant based on better promises. It goes on to say that if the first one hadn't been faultless in Hebrews 8, 7, then there would have been no need for a new one. But the first one was fault had faults in it. Jesus repaired all the faults for us and he gave us a new covenant. And the scripture says that that new covenant is filled with better promises. Today, 
And the scripture we saw said that it is by these great and precious promises that you share today in God's divine nature. I pray that all of God's divine nature will be reflected in your life and in everything that concerns you. And he says, by this, you have escaped the corruption that is in this world. So we thank God today and we bless God. We acknowledge that he is blameless. And because he is, then we choose to live our lives blamelessly before him. And in doing this, we are blessed. We are blessed by God. And we see his blessings in our lives. And we see his word manifested for us. And we rejoice from here through eternity because we are living the fullness of God's life here on earth today in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you. God richly bless you. It's been a pleasure sharing this series with you. God is blameless. Our God is blameless. Bless you and I'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you.